Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on a beautiful Friday morning in the studio at Crossway Church. We are teaching from the book of 1 Timothy and uh, just always excited to share God's Word with God's people. And uh, as we have been in this now, we finished the first three chapters, and this morning we will begin chapter four, uh, part one. I encourage you to avail yourself to all these teachings that are found on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and Pastor Curtis Facebook page, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and my Spreaker channel, for those who have ears to hear, Spreaker is an app you can get on your phone. And uh, my channel is for those who have ears to hear. And there are literally hundreds of gospel-centered, Christ-centered uh, messages that pertain to Christ and what He's accomplished through His righteous work at Calvary there for you. You can learn God's Word in its proper context and just be uh, blessed and found walking with a closer uh, a walk with the Lord every single day. And uh, I, I encourage you to pray for us. We're praying for you. And uh, we are still mailing six expositor study Bibles every week to inmates across the land. That's the Expositor Study Bible, just like some of you have, no difference. It takes $37 a Bible to get one of those Bibles into the hand of an inmate. So I encourage you uh, to help us do that. You can give through the website. Again, it's thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can just text on your smartphone to 903-231-5950. That's 903 903- 231-5950 and we appreciate all those who are helping us do that and the church we're supporting in the Philippines and the church uh, the New Planted Church in Wichita Falls, Texas and so we're just thankful to be being used of the Lord in many different areas and uh, one of them is like we're doing this morning uh, teaching the Word of God every Friday morning and uh, when this virus wasn't plaguing the world, and hopefully soon when we'd be able to get back to maybe a new normal and we can get back to church, uh, we, will, we always invite everybody to the studio on Friday morning, those who want to come and be a part of the Friday morning Bible study. But also I'm teaching the book of Romans on Monday and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, and it's always uploaded later to the avenues which I just shared with you. So uh, I'm encouraged uh, to, to know that there is a people who do want to hear the Word of God. Jesus taught those who don't hear the Word of God, it's because they're not of God. And so that's very simply put. Jesus always taught and preached right where the rubber met the highway. You love me, you'll obey my commands, he said. And uh, he just taught it plainly and simply. And those that recognized him as the Savior, their Redeemer, they followed him. Hallelujah. And I'm one of them. I'm following Jesus today through faith in his work at Calvary. So uh, get your Bibles. I encourage you to get your Bibles and, and turn with us to 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is going to be a very exciting, challenging, probably convicting, hopefully encouraging word today as we read this uh, fourth chapter in 1 Timothy here on the 10th day of April 2020. And I always like to throw the date in so we can remember 
where we were when we were teaching this particular portion of Scripture. And there's so many things you can find on the YouTube channel and the website. Uh, just look at the different playlists and, and uh, we listen, we've taught enough. I'm, this is what I want to leave behind. I want to leave behind a trail of truth that when I'm gone, people will still be finding God's Word online on social media taught in its proper context, which is that of truth and righteousness. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're leaving a trail of truth, and the very aroma of the knowledge of Christ that is sweet to our Heavenly Father. And I'm thankful uh, today to be here sharing God's Word with you. Why don't we have a word of prayer before we begin and ask God today to give us the daily bread that we desperately need today. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here, to be in your Word. Lord, to have your Word, to have your Holy Spirit to direct us and to lead us and to encourage us, edify, strengthen us, comfort us, God. Convict us and challenge us today that, that you might be able to guide us into all truth. And we just pray for the word that we need today, the wake-up call that we need today, the conviction that we desperately need today. We pray for a greater illumination of the truth of your word, who is your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us at Calvary. So we're praying, God, today that you would also rebuke that plague that is spread out all over the earth and you would cast it into the sea as you did our sins, God. And we just thank you for healing those that are sick. We praise you today for your miracle work and power. And we just love you and we ask you to have your way through this teaching session this morning and we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now the Holy Spirit here speaking expressly, it means distinctly. That means clearly. That means plainly. That means all confusion removed. That means what he's saying, he's going to say and it leaves no room for doubt. What he says uh, is, is just plainly kindergarten level understood by those who will desire to understand. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 2 and 6, the Lord gives wisdom, but out of His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Well, He gives wisdom to those who heed His Word, for that's what comes out of His mouth, knowledge and understanding. We must hearken to the voice of God, not just what God's Word says, but what does it mean for me and what does it mean for me today? How, how do I find the light of God's Word for me today? I must humbly and obediently uh, stay broken before God through faith in the cross is the only place that humility and obedience works. Not just because I'm a, a, a mannerly, a real sweet, nice person. No, I, I'm only humble and obedient before God if my faith is in Christ and His work of righteousness at Calvary through humility and obedience. God doesn't see humility and obedience outside of my faith in Christ. And therefore, when He finds that faith, which is the measure of faith He's given us, the measure of the faith of the Son of God, then He can begin to pour into our hearts the truth of God and lead us in that truth and, and impart to us the very benefits 
of our following the truth of God's Word. And I've been saying that a lot, and I'm, I feel like the Lord is expressing that to me to, to remind you that it's not you just seeing someone in a dilemma and, and taking Scripture that surely is about their dilemma but you must also provide with that scripture more than just what it says, more than telling them this is what God will do. You must also have that scripture dipped in blood. Or that scripture will just be something they won't really understand, won't know what to do with. They'll have a hope, but they're looking at something other through the Word of God than what Jesus did as the Word of God in His flesh so that those scriptures we're pointing them to can have the proper effect on them, of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit who reveals truth, guides in truth, and only works in truth. Beware of those ministers who say that God is working outside of the perimeters of truth because they're not sent by God to tell you that. That's not of God. We'll see some of that in this teaching today. And that's, listen, what, I'm, what we're going to hear today is, is mainly what's in the church today. And I'm not being ugly, but unless they're using the scriptures to point to Christ, and he, what he did at Calvary, they're holding his word in the wrong context. And all we're doing is learning what God's word says because the only avenue of really learning the truth of God's word is God's grace, which only flows through Calvary. Titus chapter 2 says God's grace is what teaches us. And we only learn the knowledge that God is trying to teach us. That's grace, God teaching. Titus chapter 2, the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. Let's remember that. So when, the, when, when Paul writes to Timothy and the church in Ephesus here, and to you and me, by the way, this is the Word of God for all of God's people, not just Timothy in that day and the church of Ephesus in that day, but for you and me in this day so that faith can come. And we know when faith comes, then faith overcomes and we begin to live in the victory that God has given us through the blood of Jesus and the guidance now by our being led into all truth, which always pertains to Christ and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know that. I'm glad that I'm no longer confused and torn between, well, really, uh, I'm not sure if it's really all about the cross. You see, lots of preachers are like that now. They've heard this message. They've agreed to some degree that this is right, but they haven't really just sold out and surrendered to it as the only need for all humanity, all the church, all the world. The cross is the answer for everything, all for all of God's grace to be able to be imparted to anyone for anything and everything. So the Spirit of God speaks expressly. Again, that means distinctly, plainly, clearly, without confusion. And uh, he's reminding us today that in the latter times which we are living now, if what was written in the Bible in the New Testament was written some 1900 years ago, and there's one scripture that says the ends of the ages, the end of the ages has come upon us now, and that was written 1900 years ago, you better know today, my friend, that we're living on the vapors of the very last few uh, moments. I mean, Jesus is about to come. He's about to take us home. You better have oil in your lamp. That means you better be 
you better be clinging to the cross because it's the righteousness of God. It's the avenue of His righteousness. You better have oil in your lamp. You better be ready because at any moment now, and I know we've heard that for years, but I mean it now and believe it now more than ever before. At any moment, Jesus is going to step out on that cloud and He's going to call us home. Hallelujah. And you better be ready to go. You better have your faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. So... Notice this now. The Spirit is speaking expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. Now you've got to understand this. This is referring to Christians. And I know if you're hung up with the once saved, always saved, damnable heresy, carnal fleshly thought of man that you can't ever forfeit and throw away what you have once received, <coughs> then you... You, you, there's a lot of the New Testament you're not going to understand. You're not going to be able to understand it while you're still hung up and tripping over that which is false. Because the only people who can depart from the faith are the people who have held the faith, who have had the faith, uh, who have uh, uh, experienced, known the faith. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2 and 21, it's better that you never knew. That word is an intimate, a place of experience. It, not that you never heard about. Uh-uh, that's not what that means. The word know is powerful in the scriptures. Adam knew his wife and she conceived. That means something took place in the knowledge. That's right, intimate relationship. John 17, 3 says... This is eternal life that they know the one true God. See, something about that word know, same way when Peter wrote it, it's an experiential knowledge. It's better that you never partook of, that you never knew, that you never knew about this way of righteousness. You never were involved in it than you were involved in it, you knew it, and you turned away from it and left it. Now, if you really think about that, that means the damnation, the torment in hell for those who knew it and turned away from it will be worse than those who just didn't want anything to do with God but never experienced. Those who experienced the way of righteousness, which is faith in Christ and His cross alone, and turn away from that and say it's not really about all that. And, and I'm not talking about Christians who just kind of get off track and start uh, living fleshly or, or really even uh, deceived and deceitfully uh, deceived and, 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 and don't, know, I'm don't know any better. And I'm talking about Christians who just say, well, that, that's not what my faith is in anymore. I'm not, I don't, I'm not trusting in that. This is what we're trusting in now. And so you got to be careful about that. Uh, because your faith, you can end up in a place where your faith is shipwrecked. If you're justified by faith, but then your faith is no longer legitimate with God, you've departed from the faith. Listen, you've departed from the faith. And that being, Galatians 2.20, the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you, which expressly tells us, plainly tells us that, that some will depart from the way of the cross which was the manifestation of the, the faith of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Some will depart from the faith. 
And when you depart from the faith, that means the measure of faith you once had, you're no longer operating according to that measure of faith. doesn't say you won't keep using the Word of God. The devil uses the Word of God. The devil uses the Word of God in most pulpits in America today and the world. The devil knows the Word of God. He uses the Word of God. And, 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 and anything that tries to be spiritual with the application of so-called Christianity on it has got to use the Word of God. So you've got to be careful with that. And, 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 and we're watching this in a, in a most powerful, obvious way in our lives today that some have departed from the faith. They don't want to hear about the cross of Christ. They want to gather and under these men who claim to be prophets and they just want a, a fleshly word spoken to them. They want somebody to tell them something that's going to happen to them. They'll even pay for it to happen, but they won't, they won't give toward the preaching of the cross, but they'll go and dump loads of money to these so-called last days false prophets looking for a personal, carnal, fleshly word to them. And that's what they're feasting off of. My friends, that's not the faith. That is a faith, but it's not biblical faith faith. The only faith God honors is the faith. And if we're not walking according to the faith, which is faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, then we have departed from the faith. Now we're trusting in something else other than the, simply the work of Christ at Calvary. For that was the work of righteousness. Isaiah 32, 17. That gave us peace. The assurance and the quietness we have. Jesus did the work of righteousness to make us righteous, servants of righteousness, to be able to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. And when we move our faith from what He did to something we're doing or they're doing or we're saying or whatever, anything other, even the biblical things we're called to do, when we place our faith in them and not Him in His work at Calvary, listen, we're living again as though we're back under the law. And we may not have totally departed from the faith. We may still say that's the only way of salvation, but we're not learning that we're not learning of the Holy Spirit. If we're learning of the Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of grace. And remember, if we're being taught. It's by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace. Grace is God teaching us, Titus chapter 2. What's He teaching us? The knowledge of the truth of God's Word so that He can impart that, amen. So there's going to be, a, and already is, a great departure from the faith. And this is referring to Christians, as I said earlier, that Christians are the only one who can depart from the faith. They're the only ones who've entered into the faith. They're the only ones who've received the measure of the faith. Romans 12, 3, the measure of faith you have is not something because of what you did. The measure of faith we have is based on our trust in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. So I've already given you the scripture, uh, 2 Peter 2, 21, concerning this same thing, but I'm going to read it to you again. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. That's the way of the cross. Then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. 
Now I'm going to give you some scriptures this morning concerning the commandment of God. Now first of all, uh, let me say this again. The Bible here is very clear, distinct, plain, without confusion. If you've known the way of righteousness and only, only Christians know the way of righteousness. Let me say that again. Only Christians have stepped into, become familiar with, accepted, known the way of righteousness. The world doesn't know the way of righteousness. The cults that are outside of faith in Christ and His work at Calvary alone don't know the way of righteousness. Only Christians know the way of righteousness. So, and here we're told that it'd been better that we not have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, and that means been partaker of it, to, to experience it, to turn from, now he calls it the holy commandment delivered unto them. This way of righteousness, make no mistake about it, it is the word of God in the context of the covenant of God. We're going to see this in the scripture today. That the covenant is a holy commandment delivered unto you. Now, there's a scripture here, uh, three scriptures I want to read to you this morning concerning this. The first one is that God has commanded His covenant forever. His covenant, He's commanded. To, to, uh, when God sent Jesus... The Father sent His Son to die on the cross for the sins of all humanity by grace through faith. It was a command. It wasn't, uh, well, how are we going to do this? The Godhead sitting around the table confused. God has never had a question in His mind. God always knows everything. He, if He's asking you a question, it's because He's trying to bring you to a place. We see that several times in the Scriptures. It's not because He doesn't know. He's trying to lead you and get you to see what He's trying to do, even if it be with questions to you. You got that? God's not ever sat around and said, what are we going to do? No, the Father looks at the Son in the midst of the, the, the eternally past plan that, that He was going to bring into uh, being for humanity and He just told the Son, you will go and lay your life down and raise it up again for the people, all of humanity. And Jesus said, yes, sir, I will go, Father, and do that. And Jesus came humbly and obediently even unto the death of the cross. Jesus said it in John 10, 18, no man takes my life from me, but I have the listen to this, I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. Now don't forget, Jesus is the new covenant. At the last dinner with his disciples sitting there, when it came time to drink of the cup, he said, this is the blood, representative, symbolic, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood in the new covenant. The new covenant is the blood of Jesus. And the only... Uh, the only way that we can partake of the new covenant is through faith in the death, the blood, the shedding of His blood, of Jesus' blood at Calvary. 
I'm not talking about just to get saved. I'm talking about to know this way of righteousness and to stay on this way of righteousness, to experience the fruits of His righteousness, is to daily deny myself of anything that would tempt me to look away and to take up my cross again today, which is faith in His work, and to follow Him. Remember, Jesus said you can't follow Him unless you take up your cross. You can't be His disciple unless you're taking up your cross and following him. The word disciple means learner. That means the only ones who are really learning of the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, are those who've not moved their faith from the cross to other things. They're not trusting. I've been there. I speak from experience. In all those years, I was only learning what Scripture said. I was memorizing Scripture. And Scripture I had, for whatever your dilemma was, I could throw Scripture from God's Word at you. But there was the wrong content. Just, just because I know what the Bible says doesn't mean I know what God means in that scripture doesn't doesn't know that I uh, mean doesn't doesn't mean that I know how that's applied to my life. It's surely not applied just by me quoting it or just by me saying I believe it. It's only applied by the Holy Spirit as my faith is in the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ. Amen, Brother Curtis. I, a lot of people won't agree with this. They'll say it's too narrow. Well, Jesus said it first. They'll, they'll say that they're just trying to exclude everybody. Jesus said it's so narrow. This way of righteousness is so narrow, there will be few that find it. There will be lots of folk who get close. There will be lots of folks who do find it and then say, I, I don't believe it anymore. A lot of folk, instead of drawing and growing more determined to know nothing other than the way of righteousness, the preaching of the cross of Christ, because it's a lonely road, because it's not the money maker, it's not the fame builder, it's not the things our flesh desires, so we begin to move away from it so we can get what we want because, listen, God only gets what He wants through the preaching of the cross. God only gets what He wants through the way or in the way of righteousness. Outside that, it's us building. It's us trying to do stuff. Come on now. Somebody help me up in here this morning. God has, I'm going to read you these scriptures because of uh, what we're looking at here. The holy commandment delivered unto them. God relates the holy commandment delivered unto them to the way of righteousness. The holy commandment is related to the way of righteousness. So watch this. Psalms 119, I'm sorry, Psalms 111 verse 9. He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent in his name is his name. Well, what I just told you, shared with you what it means that he commanded his covenant forever. Because in eternal past, Jesus had been commanded to come and He is the covenant. He is even the covenant represented under the, all the old covenant, all the Old Testament covenants that God wrote about and brought His people through. They all pointed to Jesus who would become the new covenant, that which God would establish doing away with the old, bringing in the new through the, the flesh uh, of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. Are you getting this today? This, this covenant has been commanded forever. Uh, the Lamb of God was slain before, before the foundation of the world because it had been commanded 
forever. And how can God say it's been commanded forever? Because God doesn't wake up. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't have a new thought. If he did, that means there's something yesterday that he didn't know. So what's in the heart of God, on the mind of God, has always been in the heart and on the mind of God. His covenant has always been there. But it just began to be manifest at a certain time when he made man in his image and man fell into sin and then God would begin to reveal his son coming one day in a greater and greater portrait through the years, through the ages until he made the last stroke of the brush at Calvary when Jesus said it's finished. There's the full picture and that full picture in the face of Christ shines on all the old covenants and lets us know that they're all swallowed up in his blood of the new covenant. Glory to God, that's good stuff. So his his covenant's been commanded forever because even in eternity past, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, was commanded to come and lay his life down for the world. But nevertheless, not just him, but God's way of righteousness is a command to humanity. That's why when you and I come to Jesus Christ through a heart that believes unto His righteous work at Calvary, Romans 10 and 10, that God makes us righteous. Think about that. And and the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and Galatians chapter 3 that we, we we became obedient to the truth. We obeyed the truth. We obeyed that holy command when we trusted from our hearts that righteous work of Jesus at Calvary. Not when we started reading the Bible, going to church, giving money, doing the works. No, we became obedient when we obeyed that holy command by believing with our hearts that way of righteousness, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Glory to God. See how simple this is? That's why why the Bible teaches that we became obedient. That's why Paul wrote to the Galatian church when they moved back and began to believe they needed to worship on feast days and eat this and don't eat that. He said, who's bewitched you that you're no longer obeying the truth? You're no longer obeying the holy command, which is simply to believe from the heart, with the heart, unto the righteous work of Christ. See, that's good stuff this morning. Jesus is the new covenant. I've given you that. He was the one commanded to come, John 10, 18. The other scripture I just read about God sending His redemption to His people and commanded His covenant forever, holy and reverent is His name, is Psalms 111, verse 9. Got one more scripture to go along with this I want to share with you today. It's Psalm 119 verse 4. By the way, presently on Tuesday mornings and Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock, I'm teaching from the 119th chapter of Psalms. 100, that's how we say it here in Texas. 119th chapter of Psalms, excuse me. But here is... The, the fourth verse in that 119th chapter of Psalms. Now get this. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. We have been commanded as God's people to keep His Word diligently. The way we keep His Word is by trusting in that righteous work of Jesus at Calvary and it was a legal work a righteous work that allows us to have the peace, the quietness, the assurance that we have now 
Isaiah 32, 17, to be justified before God, righteous before God, and now to bear forth the fruits of that righteousness, which is us being obedient to the Word of God as the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. I don't just uh, uh, get in the Word of God and try to guide myself. The Holy Spirit when, when He's able to teach me and guide me in through a surrendered obedience to Jesus and who He is and what He did at Calvary, then He can teach me and guide me into the very truth, the very truth of Jesus and what He did at Calvary, which the Bible is full of from Genesis to Revelation. We need to remember that. He wants to guide us in truth so that we can be surely, obviously, manifestly, know without a doubt, plainly, without confusion, know that we're on the path of righteousness. Because he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Good stuff. So that was the Psalm 119 verse 4. The reason for the departure is told in the first verse also. Look, some shall depart from the faith... Why? How? How's this going to happen? They're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They're going to stop wanting to hear the Word of God in the context of Jesus and His righteous work at Calvary and through the lust of their flesh, they're going to start, want to start hearing God's Word in some other context that appeases their flesh because the departing from the faith takes place when we start looking away from the cross. I didn't say we let go of God's Word, but we stop holding God's Word in its righteous context. And all that can be produced in that manner and it doesn't matter whether it's in ignorance, I don't know, or I do know, and now I'm rejecting that because I've decided I want more and I'm going to do this my way, even if I don't say that with my lips, when I turn from the one way of righteousness God has offered to another, all that can be produced in my life is ungodliness and unrighteousness, Romans 1, chapter 18, even if I'm deceitfully deceived and I don't know that's happening because I still feel and I still have emotions and I'm still going through the motions. It's what Paul told Timothy would be a form, but they're actually denying the power. And the Bible is plain about this too. It tells those of us who know the way of righteousness to turn away from those who are rejecting the way of righteousness even if they don't know they are. Once they've been rebuked, once they've been uh, uh, given encouraging words of redirection according to the word, we're not told to sit there and beg them and plead with them. We're told to keep moving, shake the dust off our feet. We're told that some will depart from the faith in the last day. And so, you know, a lot of times people look at preachers like uh, us uh, that minister and teach on this level instead of just getting up and, and just trying to keep God's people in a daycare and treat them like they're victims. And I know we all need prayer. We, got all, we all have issues and we need to be tending to them. But if we just keep the church in this victim attitude so we can keep them at the altar to make us look like we're really needed as preachers instead of giving them the gospel and just the gospel, listen, th th so that 
we can stay in control of them. Listen, we're not here, and I'm going to say it till I die. I'm not here. No pastor's put by God here to control the people. And it's deceitfully, uh, deceptively taking place where? Wherever the gospel is not the centerpiece on the table at all times. It's because even if I don't know that I don't know, I'm still trying to have my say, my control over the people. But we need to just give them God's word in the righteous context that it all is written, Proverbs 8 and 8, and then let the Holy Spirit take over and control, lead, and guide them and do what He wants to do in them. Amen. Brother Curtis or old me, help me, Lord, and I ain't listening to him no more. But I'm used to that in these last days. People are departing by the drove uh, from the faith. Churches are being raised up, but it's not churches based on the faith. Uh, you know, churches are splitting, but it's not based on the faith. The only proper church split is when uh, a part of uh, one whoever's in one of those sides is come back to the faith. And then there, there's, a, there's a split there because the other part ain't coming back to the faith. They've departed and they're not coming back to it. So we're not being ugly. We're just trying to reach out. The people who think that we're ugly today and mean are the same people who in John the Baptist's day uh, would have said that he ain't of God. Ain't nobody listening to him. Ain't nobody, if he was of God, he'd be over here with us. Well, and that's why they cut his head off. And, uh, you know, the, the reason the religious and most of the denominational world don't like preachers like us, ministers like us, is because they can't control us. And that's what they're, that's what, that's what they're doing. They're trying to control. That's why, why do you think they killed Jesus? Now, I know he, he laid his own life down. But in the, in, the, in the wisdom of God, God used those people to bring to pass Jesus laying his own life down. He didn't die until the Lord told him he, to die. It was all the plan of God, yet, yet God used people, the Romans, the, 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 the Jewish people, uh, and all that. But we, we need to know that uh, just because we're in a church and sitting under what seems to be routine does not mean that we're in the way of righteousness. And that's really what this is about, some departing from the faith, which is the way of righteousness. So, and here again, I need to get back on track. The reason folks to church departs from the faith is because we start giving heed to spirits that are seducing us. Seducing. Seducing means that we're being uh, deceit. We're told things in a deceitful manner that makes it look right, makes it sound right, makes it feel right, but it's not right. It's really deception that we're, it's be, we're being seduced. We, we go into a church where there's a preacher, there's a choir, there's Sunday school, there's uh, things that we would see everywhere. Okay, well, this must be right. And you know, that preacher, he is bringing warnings against sin. He is bringing warnings against uh, uh, false cults and all these things. But listen, if he's not holding himself, if he, himself, if he's not holding God's Word in its righteous context and pointing you to Calvary, Jesus and what He there did. And I'm not talking about because you're saved 40 years ago or 40 days ago. I'm talking about is He giving you the Word of God in the light of Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And again, there are many who will say, well, you just don't have to do that. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. So if you'll repent and get back in the way of righteousness and let your ministry be 
a ministry of righteousness, become a preacher of righteousness, then you will see the move of God you've longed to see. But as long as we're trying to build it, and we are, if we're not focused in growing in our determination to be more determined than ever before to give the gospel and only the gospel, for it's in all the Bible. The Bible bleeds red. Every chapter, every verse, every jot, every tittle, Jesus said the scriptures are about him, John 5 and 39. So if we'll just get back to believing the Word of God and try instead of trying to make some scholarly place for ourselves or uh, build ourselves and that's what we're doing if we're not preaching the cross we're preaching ourselves even if we don't know that the scripture I use all the time in Proverbs 12 and 17 says he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness but a false witness deceit and see deceit means I'm, I'm, I'm hearing something that sounds right, but it's not right. Remember in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. That means separation. doesn't mean physically death. It means separation for us Christians when we turn from the cross and we will only because we're being seduced and told by somebody who's got a big name, got tons of books, and how could they be wrong and not of God? They've sold 25 million copies of their book, but their book is not pointing you to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. It's pointing you to what you have to do. It's not explaining, expounding the scriptures in the light of Jesus and what he did at Calvary. So we're deceitfully deceived and we follow after that and it's always because of a lust in our own flesh because only through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ can we find the humility and the brokenness and the obedience God requires to be able to function in our lives, nothing else. He doesn't function through us in our in flesh. And I mean, but when I say flesh, I'm not talking about living in these bodies. I'm talking about when we're trusting in something we're doing. God doesn't move through that. God only is pleased and operates by faith. That's, that's, how, he, that's how he set it all up. In the very beginning, before sin came into the picture, it was already by faith. Adam had to keep believing what God had said. Faith kept coming to him every day that kept him obedient, kept him in authority of the earth that God had given him. But when he stopped believing God by believing another voice, another way, then he stepped out of God's way and he, he, he lost his way. He, he, he stepped into sin. And now it would take a sacrifice, the promise of a Redeemer through the sacrifice for you and me, someone who would humble themselves, be obedient their entire lives, even unto death for you and me. So let's get back to this now. Let me read this to you. Temptation is through our own fleshly lust and cannot be blamed on anyone else. Even though they're seducing spirits and always have been, and they will one day pay the utter price for all they've done, whether it be uh, the devils themselves or false teachers. They will pay the price. They will answer for this one day. But watch this, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Let no man, no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. 
For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts He any man. And it's evil to begin to look away from the cross and trust the works of our own hands. It's evil even if we don't know we're doing it. Ignorance does not excuse us from walking and trusting in something evil. Watch now. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That means the false teachers out there are showing us something that our flesh will lust after. But as long as we keep looking unto Jesus who paid the price in His own flesh, died for us so that we could be the children of God, not just be called the children of God, but be in experience the children of God and it be God's will, God supplying all of what we need by His grace daily. But when we, when we become like the children of Israel of old, when God's not doing what I think God ought to be doing, God's not sending the rain on my nation. I think He ought to be doing. He's promised to bless me, but it's not raining and my crops have died. Well, there's a God they're, ser they're serving over there and it seems to be raining on their property, on their land, and their crops are blooming. Th listen, that, that's a test because there's always things to look at but they're not all going to draw you closer to God. Some of them are going to tempt you by the lust of your own flesh, the Bible says. And, and back, God's get this, God's people would take their own babies and offer them, kill them and sacrifice to another God hoping that it might rain on Israel like it's raining Rain from the sky on the ground for their crops. Listen, we do that today just basically not most of the time to that degree. But we start listening to these false uh, prophets who the book of Jude says they're clouds with no rain. It ain't rain. God ain't raining through them. God's not pouring out through them. They're clouds without rain. Twice dead. That means they were born dead. They got right. Now they're dead again. They've been separated because they've departed from the faith. Twice dead. Born dead in sin, born again, but now turned away from the way of righteousness, departed from the faith, teaching false doctrine. And you and I, because it's got Jesus tagged in it, because it's got a church tagged in it, because it says cross every once in a while, that we just, oh, what they've got I want. It's our lust. They can't be blamed. When we stand before Christ, there will no be pointing and blaming. It will be Jesus and us, and we will be giving account and admitting to when we were drawn away by our own lust. It's time to repent today, my friends, so that on, at, the, at the judgment seat of Christ, you, you're not going to have to give an account for what you did that was after the flesh if you repent and come back to Calvary. Because when you come back to Calvary, God's mercies and grace are new in your life again today and all that's washed away and everything becomes new so you need to let all that go the purpose driven, the government of twelve and all those things that even attach scripture to them but it's not the way of righteousness there's only one
There's only one way of righteousness, and that is faith in Jesus, the righteous one, and the righteous work he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Isaiah 32, 17, read it. The work of righteousness is peace. Colossians 1.20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. Now listen again. The work of righteousness is peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness of soul and assurance. If you're walking in the, the righteousness of God, the way of righteousness through faith alone in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, you're going to have that quietness of soul. It's not going to be confused and chaotic that you really, you're really just not sure that it also gives you. And when false doctrine is taught because you're, not, you're just really not sure, your faith has already moved, you're still looking. Listen, if you've gotten born again, you found the answer. You found the gold mine. You found the treasure in Christ and if you don't know that and you're not growing in that using the scriptures to grow in that way of righteousness then if you're not being taught that sitting under a minister of righteousness who always points to the cross for everything using God's word then you're going to become complacent slothful, lazy you're going to be, start becoming lukewarm even when you think you're on fire and you're going to be carried off because of seducing spirits, because that's what they do. But also they're called doctrines of devils. This is a seduction by other spirits that influence, not force. Nobody's ever had a rope put around their neck and dragged into false doctrine. Again, you're not blaming anybody at the judgment seat of Christ. You're not, those who were lost are not blaming anybody at the great white throne judgment. It's Jesus and you, one-on-one, -on -one, and accounts will be given. We need to remember that. And you need to live with one eye on that judgment day and one eye on your mission right now. That's the sign of a maturing Christian, those who live with one eye on that judgment seat of Christ uh, knowing we're going to give an account and one eye on Jesus and what he's doing right now in and through my life. Glory to God. So this is a seduction by other spirits that influence not force us as Christians to turn us away from the cross of Jesus Christ. The only way a Christian can be forced may do something by evil spirits is when they give themselves to them, even if they don't know it. Think about that. If you don't know the way, if you've not been taught the way of righteousness for more than just your status of being righteous in Christ because you're saved, if you're not being taught the Word of God as the path of righteousness you're going to be more likely to turn away from what you, you've known because you, if, you, if you want to live for God and you're not being taught how, you're not learning how, then, then eventually you're going to wonder, this ain't working, why ain't this working? Why can't I stop doing what I don't want to do? Why can't I do what I know I need to do? And after uh, some time period of that, you're going to begin to be deceitfully deceived and think, well, maybe this other stuff might be what I'm really looking for to make it work. But you've got to find you a preacher of righteousness righteousness. You've got to find you one of these gifts that Jesus gave the church when he ascended on high and all five of them, the fivefold ministry, to be legitimate got to be pointing folk to the cross. To see them saved, to see them live saved, to see them bearing forth the fruits of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So if we aren't learning Christ in the scriptures, there's a devil behind the teaching. 
Because these seducing spirits are doctrines of devils. Doctrine means teaching. Teach, the, devil is to, the devil is teaching almost in almost every pulpit in the world today. The devil is teaching through that ministry. I remember being in ministry years ago saying, devil can't have me, devil can't touch me. Hallelujah. Can't have my kids, can't have my marriage. Listen, the devil will strip you and steal from you and, and bring great destruction in your life while you're telling him what he can't do. That doesn't stop him. What stops him is what stopped him in Christ at the cross destroyed him, took his power of death away and it's the only thing that will resist him. Peter wrote it, resisting the devil steadfast in the faith. When you depart from the faith, the way of righteousness, you have nothing to resist him now. There is no, words don't resist him. You quoting scripture doesn't resist him. Well, Jesus did that in the wilderness. Jesus was the living word of God. Jesus believed what he was saying. Jesus, listen, Jesus did not succumb to the temptations of the devil. He quoted scripture that he himself wrote. And he declared that to the devil and he believed it. Jesus believed it. He didn't, he wasn't confused. You need to remember that. It ain't your quoting scripture. Jesus went to the cross so you could do more than quote the word so you could be led in the truth of God's word to experience a faith, the measure of the faith of the Son of God that will resist the enemy and make him flee from you instead of you being on the run from him all your life. Glory to God. If you wake ever up every day and run to the cross of Jesus by faith in that work, you're not going to be running from the devil. He's going to be running from you. Yeah, he's coming back. Every time he flees, he's coming back. But every time he comes back, you're going to be stronger in the faith. Well, y'all get me excited up in here this morning. It's far more than just flesh or carnality when the word of God is being held in unrighteousness. There's a devil behind that. I'm not saying that preachers are devilish. I'm not saying that uh, preachers are... are, 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 All I'm saying is if we're holding God's Word out of its righteous context, that's the will of the devil. And, and, And all that can happen out of context, God's Word can just... The devil uses God's word that way. The devil brought the word of God to Jesus in the wilderness and Jesus brought the proper context to the devil. See, that's the difference. It wasn't that Jesus quoted the the, the word of God. It's that Jesus brought the truth of what the word of God said. The devil did not bring the truth of God's word to Jesus. The devil just brought the word and he twisted it changed it a little bit. That's what the devil does. That's that deceitful stuff. But Jesus brought the word. He quoted the word to the devil in the wilderness in its power of truth. See, it's not just the word of God, my friends. The Holy Spirit's trying to lead us, guide us into all the truth of God's word. His name is Jesus And what he did at Calvary makes him that liberating life experience. He is our life experience in the Word of God. So if what we're hearing and learning is not tied to that form of doctrine that saved us, 
that form of teaching that saved us and made us righteous and, and, and got us in a race that God set before us, then it's not the Holy Spirit behind the teaching. There, there are uh, ministers, even uh, older ministers and young ministers today who just won't surrender to that all the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is in the context of Jesus and what He did at the cross. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 8 says that all God's words are in righteousness and the righteousness of God, Romans 1, 16 and 17, is only revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word in the gospel context that shows me righteousness, leads me in righteousness to faith that comes by hearing God's word in the context of the gospel that shows me righteousness and leads me in the truth of that path. Come on now, this is just kindergarten level Bible. I'm not trying to become a Bible scholar with deep thought. I'm just telling you, this is plain. God made it on level playing ground for everybody so everybody could understand it. Everybody could walk in the truth of His word. Come on now. You've got to watch preachers that are trying to uh, make a name for themselves. And that's exactly what we do even if we're doing it deceitfully, deceptively, deceived and there's a devil behind it. It's not just flesh. It's not just carnality. There's a devil behind every false teaching that exists. Mm. Think about it. And so, so it says that the, depart, the departing from the faith is because there's a giving heed to seducing spirits. Let me get back to something I said Wednesday night here. A powerful statement came out and we need to hear it. The, the righteousness of God is a power that must be surrendered to through humility and obedience by faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's daily. If, there, if we're to be being filled with the fruits of His righteousness, not our own, then we surrender daily to that power. The, the righteousness of God is a power. It's the power of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. That's why the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God because the preaching of the cross is the way of God's righteousness for the lost to be saved and the church to live saved and to bear forth the fruits of that righteousness. Come on now. That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. I cannot believe that clock must have sped up and spun around. I, uh, that's amazing. But we, we only... We've only covered one verse and we hadn't finished. Uh, but th this is so important because this is still, this is not what the Holy Spirit spoke expressly 1900 years ago or 2000 years ago and now He's not speaking it anymore. This is what He's still speaking today. And it should be and is to those who are in the way of righteousness. That means those who are holding God's Word in its righteous context. It's evident. If God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, well, who's it, who's it revealed to? Those who come back to Calvary. Those who repent and come back to their first love, the first works, the path, the way of righteousness, faith in the cross of Christ alone. 
Now, we didn't get very far today, but we'll try to do better next week. So I encourage you to tune in every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. Go and share these teachings, share the YouTube channel on social media. I really love it. My friend uh, from down near Fort Worth, Texas, uh, always shares the the post. and, and, he, and he puts name, people's names, his friends, in, in his comments. You know what that means? That means they get a ding and they, and they, they get brought right to it when they, when they click on it. And so uh, we need to help publish the gospel. And you can do that by simply sharing the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Just type it in, the thing, and send it. It's not about me or you. It's about the truth of God's Word being presented that you never know who's going to be saved, who's going to be able to repent. They're not going to be able to repent. There is no repentance just because you say, and I'm sorry to God for my sins until there's an acknowledging of the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. So God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to sow into the ministry where you are learning and growing that God is using to bless you and to strengthen you in the faith. One of them is here, 903-231-5950 or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning, live service, Easter Sunday morning. And we will have a great Resurrection Day meeting that day, even if it is just online. I love you, and until I see you again, remember, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.